Hey, Andrew here. If you uh, haven't listened to Monad 1, What is a Monad?, then you might be a little bit confused about the naming of the episodes on the podcast. So what I've done is I have some shorter and less highly produced episodes that I'm calling monads, and that's what you're about to hear. But the episodes that I was the most obsessive about and put the most effort and time into, I'm calling those episodes full episodes as part of a full season So go to the seasonal episodes if you want to hear Reductio at its best. But if you want to hear me kind of playing around with the medium and and playing around with ideas uh, that I find interesting in in a little bit shorter and more informal format, uh, then listen to the monads. I hope you enjoy. Reductio Adventures and Ideas. I'm your host, Andrew Lavin. Reductio is a show about philosophy, about ideas, and about understanding ourselves and our world more clearly. Brought to you by Inverted Spectrum Media. Zeno and his paradoxes. The year is 450 before the Common Era. That's almost 2,470 years ago. It's race day and everyone has arrived in their finest race day attire. The excitement and anticipation fill the air as final preparations are made for the main event. Achilles is going to race the tortoise. With a million to one odds, only one contrarian character bets on the tortoise, Zeno of Elia. The southern end of the Greek peninsula is almost an island. It connects by a small strip of land or isthmus at Corinth. On this pseudo-island, you'll find Kalamata of Olive fame, Sparta of this is Sparta! fame, Tripoli, and to the west, nestled at the zenith of a wide bay opening into the Ionian Sea, you'll find Elia. This is where Zeno is from, and in general, the Eleatics know better than to bet on Achilles. You see, the race is stacked against Achilles, though not at all in an obvious way. One must be an Eleatic to recognize the problem. The tortoise gets a head start, you see. Anyone from outside Elia might suppose that even with a significant head start, Achilles will still win the race. Achilles can travel five times the speed of the tortoise at least, and so is bound to overtake the beast and ultimately win the race. Any fool, a non-Eleatic would think, would bet on Achilles. Zeno, though, confidently bets on the tortoise. Does he know something we don't? The town crier shouts at the top of their lungs. Ready, set, go! The crowd goes wild as Achilles and the tortoise begin making their way towards the finish line. But that's when it starts to happen. The thing that Zeno knew that the rest of us outside of Elia didn't know, that it would be impossible, yes, impossible, for Achilles to pass the tortoise. The crowd unsure of what they were witnessing, was on the verge of riot. Accusations that Achilles was throwing the race to split the pot with Zeno were punctuating the din of angry attendees. The situation was about to get downright dangerous. 
Zeno confidently turned his back on the race, which was still underway and would be for quite some time. He raised his hands to the crowd and calmly looked at each person until they quieted themselves. Achilles is one of the fastest racers in all of Greece, Zeno bellowed. And take heart that he tries his best. No amount of money would convince a man of such great pride to throw a race, to lose on purpose. Instead, it is the very nature of reality that prevents him from winning the race. The crowd became unruly again, and Zeno had to calm them down. Hear him out. Hear him out. Hear him out. A few shouted from the crowd. Zeno continued. You see, the second you allowed the tortoise a head start, you already decided the race. Achilles will have to at some point cross the line at which the tortoise began the race, yes? Oh, okay, yeah, that, that's right, admit a few. And by the time Achilles crosses the tortoise's starting line, the tortoise will have already advanced well beyond that line, yes? Of course! Then let's call the point where the tortoise is when Achilles crosses the tortoise's starting line. We'll call that point A. Achilles must now advance to point A. Fine, fine. Get on with it, or we'll have your head for cheating us. Once Achilles gets to point A, where will the tortoise be? He'll be somewhere else. Maybe we could call it point B? Said a savvy Spartan. Indeed, replies Zeno. The tortoise will be at point B now. And when Achilles gets to point B... He'll be at some other point, point C. And then at point C, the tortoise will be at point D. And Achilles catches up, but the tortoise has already advanced to point E. And when Achilles gets to point E, well, then the tortoise is already at point F. You see, what Zeno knew that the rest of the crowd didn't is that motion gives rise to many paradoxes many of which have been called Zeno's paradoxes. Achilles could never catch up with the tortoise because Achilles would always have to reach the place that the tortoise was before. But once Achilles reaches this place, the tortoise will have moved. Point J, and by the time the Achilles gets to point J, the tortoise is at, at point It's a bit like a toddler trying to pick up a soccer ball, but kicking it forward on accident each time they catch up to it to try to bend over and pick it up. The toddler never catches the ball, just like Achilles could never pass the tortoise. Perhaps Zeno made a mistake, though at this point you're likely thinking, Zeno has gone mad. Obviously Achilles will still win the race. But maybe he's made a different mistake, and recognizing that mistake might bring us even further from reality as we see it play out around us. Maybe things can get even weirder than this. I want to take a quick break and then we'll come back. I've asked before on a previous monad, but if you'd consider, yes you, I see your eyes glazing over like this doesn't pertain to you, if you'd consider giving us a dollar a month. That's a tiny amount for most, but it would allow us to publish as many episodes as we want, and would give us access to some better tools for distributing the podcast. Please consider following the link in the show notes for this episode to our Patreon page. The link is patreon.com reductio. It'll only take a minute, and honestly, it's the difference between being able to continue making the show and not being able to publish more episodes. In order for Zeno to win his bet, you might think that the tortoise actually has to win the race, right? It can't just happen that Achilles won't beat the tortoise. That is, the tortoise actually has to cross the finish line. 
Zeno at this point maybe hadn't discovered his perhaps more famous paradox, often associated with an arrow moving toward its target. Of course this is all fiction, but Zeno really was from Elia, and these two paradoxes are actually attributed to him. So an archer releases her arrow, sending it flying through the air. But let's slow down. So we can follow the arrow along its path. Similarly to the Achilles and Tortoise paradox, this is a paradox of motion, and it involves having to cross a certain points on the way to something else. Just like Achilles had to cross the point the tortoise used to be on the way to passing the tortoise. The arrow is moving along a parabolic arch from bow to target. Imagine, though, a line exactly halfway between the archer and her target. The arrow, we all agree, must pass over that point, yes? Then the arrow must pass over the point halfway between where it now is, the halfway point overall, and the target. Once it reaches what is actually the 75% mark, the arrow must now pass over the halfway point between where it is now and its target. Again and again, the arrow must always pass over the halfway point between where it is now and the target. It follows that the arrow will never hit the target. Similar logic applies to the tortoise crossing the finish line, except it's all happening a lot more slowly. Remember, Zeno needs that darn tortoise to cross the finish line in order to win his bet and go home a rich man. Unfortunately for him, the tortoise can never cross the finish line, and he can never collect his money. Poor Zeno. The tortoise will never cross the finish line, and so no one can truly win the race. Let's think through this. The tortoise must always cross the point halfway between where it is now and where it's trying to be. If this is so, then it must hit the 50% mark, the 75% mark, the 87.5% mark, the 93.75% mark, and every halfway point from that point on. It can never reach the finish line because there will always be another halfway mark that the tortoise must cross. Zeno will have to get to the boogie and simply get his money back because the race will never finish. Of course, he'll have to get himself to the bookie first, and that might prove challenging in itself. The second paradox makes perhaps more trouble for the world around us in general. Sure, we might concede that you can never pass something moving in the same direction as you, and this would be a real problem. But admitting that we can never really move because all motion is motion towards something, that would be a serious problem. We'd have to accept that there's no motion at all. The Eleatics in general were skeptical of the very idea of motion. As the slightly older character Parmenides points out in an enigmatic passage, How could what is perish? How could it have come to be? For if it came into being, it is not. Nor is it if ever it is going to be. Thus coming into being is extinguished, and destruction unknown. Anything coming into being or coming to exist involves it not being and then later being. So the very logic of coming into being requires negating its existence. Put another way, what is it that comes into being? Whatever it is, it can't exist yet. Parmenides concludes that all change is an illusion. Those Eleatics were strange folks. 
This paradox in itself is worth a whole treatment on its own, but maybe you get the basic idea. The, the world is constantly changing, and so there are no really real things in the world. The really real stuff must transcend this world, where everything is constantly in flux, and the really real stuff must be unchanging, like math or abstract ideas. The world of becoming and passing away around us is filled with merely apparent change. This school of thought has roots in a dude named Pythagoras, Sound familiar? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. The Pythagorean theorem is something everyone learns in geometry class, and it was discovered probably by a Pythagorean rather than Pythagoras himself. As you can tell, the study of the history of Greek thought is fascinating, if for no other reason than that our own Western intellectual history has many roots in ancient Greece. Anyways, now that we've decided that there's no such thing as motion or change, perhaps we should explore how we might change Zeno's mind. Get it? Change his mind? Ah, huh? Get it? Okay, okay, okay. Excuse the silliness. Aristotle, sexist and elitist though he was, actually seems to have diagnosed these paradoxes fairly well. One important point he makes is that neither paradox seems to have taken time into account. The idea is that the arrow can't traverse the distance between the archer and her target because it must travel through an infinite amount of points before it reaches its target. Aristotle points out that there is no problem with touching an infinite number of points in a finite amount of time, so long as it takes a successively smaller amount of time to touch each successive point. It's easy to touch or pass through an infinite amount of points if touching each point takes an infinitesimally small amount of time. Once we take time into account, Aristotle thinks the paradox is dissolved. So that's one potential way out of the paradox. What's sometimes called the quote-unquote standard solution investigates the different assumptions Zeno might be making in setting up his paradox. The conclusion is that the arrow will never reach its target and Achilles will never catch the tortoise. Why? Is it because it would take too much time? Because there are too many tasks to complete? Because there's an infinite distance to traverse? Because there are too many places one must go before arriving? Is it because the final step to the goal can't happen? If we investigate each of these, we find it lacking, at least according to the standard solution. I'll link to an article on Zeno's paradoxes in the show notes. You can go there and learn more about the standard solution. It won't take too much time, as Aristotle points out, because it takes less time to move to each new point. There aren't too many tasks to complete, because again, each task gets easier and easier to complete until it's infinitely easy to complete. There isn't an infinite distance to traverse, because mathematics teaches us that the sum of all the distances Achilles and the arrow must traverse is one, not infinity. Are there too many places to go? No. Again, one can go an infinite amount of places in a finite time if it takes less time to go each successive place. Finally, there need not be a final step given the way the math works out. There are problems with the standard solution, and I've seen other solutions that involve less math and more philosophy, and for that reason are a bit more intuitively satisfying, though I'm not sure they hold as much water. I haven't really looked into it yet. At this point in the discussion, though, we seem to have some tools for answering Zeno and for defending the reality of motion. One of the interesting lessons for me in studying Zeno is that he starts with premises which we're all tempted to accept, and moves through a logical argument that we're all tempted to go along with, but ends up with a conclusion that seems at best fantastical, and at worst obviously false. This is where philosophy is sometimes the most exciting, 
when we find an argument or proof that has plausibly true premises, but a conclusion that we simply cannot accept? Do we become convinced by the argument and give up on the reality of motion? No, of course not. Instead, we must investigate some of the assumptions the argument makes to interrogate where the reasoning might have gone wrong. In some respect, this is just what philosophy is, the investigation of arguments about abstract topics like motion in general, justice in general, beauty in general, and what it is in general to be a thing or an object, and so on. We sure have come a long way. Get it? Coming a long way requires motion, and motion's impossible. Get it? Yeesh. Tough crowd. I guess if you have to explain a joke, then it's not that great to begin with. Anyways, see you next time. Thanks again for joining us here on Reductio. Again, please consider joining us as a Patreon supporter for just a buck a month. I'd also like to ask you to rate and review us on iTunes. I've linked our iTunes page in the show notes. That would be a mighty big help. That's how a lot of shows end up catching on. People rate and review on iTunes, and then iTunes and other platforms take notice. Thank you to Annalisa Colahan, Ben Colahan, and Casey Moreno for their voice acting help. Thank you to new Patreon supporters Connor Hughes, Kui Gray Lavin, Luke Adams, Owen Roth, and perhaps a few others who have signed on after my recording session. Reductio Adventures and Ideas is a product of Inverted Spectrum Media. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more. Until next time, I'm Andrew Lavin. 